I'm so happy to have uh, to have Esther Makumbo on uh, with us today because uh, for, for those of you that have been with uh, with Honest Money from the beginning, uh, Esther was our first ever guest, and uh, and it's so great to have you back. Thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Warren. Uh, definitely, always a pleasure to to join you. So, so uh, just for 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 people that are newer to the podcast, uh, um, I thought it's it's always good to give a bit of background. So, so Esther is a, a financial literacy enthusiast, and I must say, uh, one of the few people in the financial Twitter space that I actually still follow because what what, what she puts out, uh, and she's not prolific, thank goodness, uh, but what she puts out makes make, makes a lot of sense, uh, and and I think uh, you know adds adds real value to people's lives who who are trying to understand the world of money. Um, and then she does um, she does have a day job as well, so she works in in, in the world of de- development finance. And then probably most importantly is a is a proud mom of two 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 children as well. So uh, so so that's the background in terms of who you're listening to. But uh, but but from my perspective, just very selfishly, an awesome guest to have on the show. So I'm so thrilled that you're joining us again. Uh, no, thank you so much for having me, Warren. And I'm looking forward to our discussion today. So, so this discussion's come up uh, from from feedback that we've had on on previous shows, and it's really about, uh, I guess, the world of transport and and especially you know owning cars, uh, you know how many to own in a family, uh, the, the good and the bad. So, so I thought, uh, it, you know, you you are the, the the right person to 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 speak to about this. Um, so, so maybe just uh, let, let's kick off. Uh, you know, in your in your family, uh, you know, how many cars do do you have in the family? So Warren, we made the decision a few years ago to only have one car in our household. So we share a car between my husband and I, and that was a very intentional uh, sort of plan that we had, having looked at you know our goals, our financial goals, and where we wanted to to go as a family. Um, it, it was sort of a decision that we came to, looking at where we wanted to be in the next few years. Um, so we decided to have one car. And, uh, and and I guess the, the the part of the decision there will be around uh, around not throwing capital away that could be saved for for long term uh, retirement planning, but but I guess also just avoiding the the whole uh, financing costs of 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 buying a car and having to pay pay back financing charges to a bank. Definitely. So when we looked at in the short to medium term, when we looked at our finances, uh, what was the one thing? What what are some of the things we could live without? Um, so one of the things that we we had to do was uh, we looked at the various costs that we had. So, you know, the three biggest, the typical three biggest expenses that a household will have is uh, rent or mortgage. Um, it's it's a car transport or and uh, medical aid. And for our family, there's four of us. So you can imagine our medical aid bill. Um, so we really had to work around what are the three biggest expenses and in the short to medium term, what are some of the expenses that we can reduce in order to get to our financial plan or to get to our financial goal that we've set for ourselves as a family. So then we decided to um, decided to have one car. And what that did for us was that it removed the burden of what comes with having a car, two cars. So by having one car, we eliminated installments. If your car is financed by a bank, you have your monthly installments, uh, your insurance on the car that you have to pay on a monthly basis, maintenance, as well as petrol. So it's not just a car, it's all those other expenses that come with having a car. And for us, in terms of moving from a place of, you know, just getting by, 
apply to being financially well meant that we had to cut out one of the biggest expenses and a car for us was one of those expenses. And I guess it's not an it's not an explicit cost, but but the other you know a big hidden cost of car ownership is is you know the the, the loss of value of the car. You know the, the accountants will talk about depreciation. So you know if you buy a car for a hundred thousand rand uh, in five years' time, it's probably worth fifty thousand rand. And yes, you had the use of the car, but at the same time, that's fifty thousand rands worth of 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 asset value that is gone, uh, and that that will never be recovered. Absolutely. And, and with us being so intentional, remember, we're trying to build financial wellness. And one of the ways that we track that is through our net worth. And if it's not adding anything to our overall financial net worth in terms of it being an asset, then, you know, it wasn't worth it. In our case, we looked at it and it wasn't worth it. Okay, so so uh, um, so so we've got we've got a very nice uh, a, a positive benefit around uh you know, allocating money to to growth assets and and to other necessary expenses, and then avoiding uh, you know costs that sometimes you can't control. You know, uh, and and then certain costs that you can control. So so those are the benefits. What what are the downsides of uh, of of being a one car family? Listen, when we looked at uh, the pros and cons of, of having one car, uh, we had to we had to sort of uh, look at it practically, and some of the things that we've realized what it means practically is that um, we have to plan ahead. So a week a week in advance, we have to check who has meetings where and who will need the car or who will have the car and who will pick up the kids because there's also kids to pick up and drop off as well. So having one car means being having to plan the week ahead and seeing who has meetings where. And whenever, if both of us have meetings, then we obviously uh, bring in ride hailing services like your Uber, your Bolt, um, if, the, if the one person has the car and the other one need, has a meeting, that's how we try and balance. But that has been the biggest hassle, <laughs> trying to balance and plan ahead. And if something happens unexpectedly during the day that someone needs a car, we quickly have to make a plan so that we're still able to function on with having one car. Um, but I think during COVID, one thing we, we, we realized and which was a positive for us is that the one car thing actually worked out because now we're able to work from home. So for the last two years, it's worked out perfectly because, you know, if one person needed to drive, the other person was working from home. So it's actually, you know, COVID has been a positive for us in the sense that we didn't, you know, have two cars sitting in the garage. We only had one. <laughs> and, and yeah, and not two cars sitting there losing value day after day, not being used and not adding value to your life. So it's, uh, I, I get it. I have to ask, I, I hope I'm not causing trouble, but I'm thinking in my family if we have one car and I need the car at the same time as my wife, I know I'm never getting the car. How, how do you decide the tiebreaker between you and your spouse? <laughs> it's the person who has the kids who has to drop off and pick up the <laughs> okay. kids. They get, <laughs> they get, they get preference. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> uh, so um, if we, um, if we're looking at, uh, at this at this conversation, uh, you know it's it's been a while now, it's, and it's not just COVID, right? It's 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 been a, a few years longer than that. Uh, 
for you, as you say, you are very intentional about the way that you use money and the way that you save money and spend money. Uh, is if if there, if there are families out there that are having the same sort of discussion uh, with the benefit of time and experience, and now would this be something that you you should you should uh, they should consider something you would tell them to look at, or would you say with with the benefit of hindsight, maybe not the best idea you've come across? Listen, Warren, when I look back, I mean, we've been doing this for over seven years now. Um, so it's been a long-term thing. When I look back at the benefits of what we've been able to achieve by having one car, it's been phenomenal. I mean, in the last seven years, we've managed to pay off small debts, um, which were there because we had one car. We had this income, this installment amount of between, you know, a car would typically cost you between three, five and 5,000 rand in installments if it's financed. We are then able to save that. We, we've paid off small debts. We've been able to invest, uh, save and invest, save for an emergency fund. Whilst investing, we've managed to invest in tax-free. You know that 3,000 rand per month, we've been able to, to max out our, our tax-free on a monthly basis because we don't have that extra installment there. And we've also managed to start you know, investing small amounts for our kids. I mean, it's 500 rand each for each kid, but it's something towards yeah. their long-term um, financial wellness and in terms of just them being able to do whatever they want in the near future. So in the last seven years, I cannot tell you just the benefits of what we've been able to do by not having one car and saving on insurance, installments, petrol, and maintenance of, of a car. We've been able to move our financial goals. We've been able to accelerate our financial goals. And, and I know you know this, uh, Warren, being in the financial space, time is your, your, your biggest asset. And uh, due to circumstances beyond our control, we were only able to start saving and investing in our 30s. So we were already a bit late in our saving and investing journey. But because we were able to cut out this one big expense, we were able to accelerate some of those financial goals, working towards our financial goals that we've set for ourselves and our family and our household. I think it's such a, a powerful message for, for, for people to hear because, you know, for a lot of us in South Africa, we're so fixated on cars, you know, and, and, and it's almost, uh, it's, it's almost without a lot of thought, you know, that, that the moment you can, uh, you buy two cars if it's, you know, if, if you're a, 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 you know, a couple and, and you've got cash flow uh, and, and not a lot of depth of thought goes into, into that, that decision until maybe it's too late. Um, and and so that sort of and it's not creativity. I think it's 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 real real common sense that you've applied to to your financial position. Uh, and I hope people that are listening are are taking this uh, you know taking note that it's sometimes like the obvious thing to do that everyone else uh, around you is doing. Uh, it's not necessarily the, the best thing that, that, that to do because what everyone else is doing isn't always actually the best decision. It's just common behavior. And, and unfortunately, we see it in the investment world. We see it in the spending world. Uh, you know, you know that, uh, that, that kind of common behavior often uh, is actually very destructive financially. Uh, so you know, in the investment markets, they always talk about herd behavior and, and just following the herd doesn't necessarily get you anywhere. Uh, and, and I feel the same in this, you know, that we, we just follow a path because that's what everyone else around us is doing. Uh, and, and you, you know, I think it takes a, a, an element of courage to kind of stop and say, 
Let me look at every single thing that's in my life, every, every single expense, every single assumption, turn it on its head and actually from first principles ask, is this really necessary or am I doing this because I need to impress somebody or, or, or put out an image to the world or, or what do I want to do? Um, and I think that's, you know, that's some of the power of, of both the, the conversation you and I are having now, but also what you've done in the past is you, you, you're not there to kind of impress people, uh, you know, your decisions are not there to show to show success. You're, you're actually there for financial freedom. You're, you're there to achieve goals that are important to you and your family. And if people follow that in, in one way or another, or they take something from that, that's great for them, but you're not there to impress them. Yeah. So, you know, Warren, becoming a parent changes you in so many ways for me personally and my husband. Um, becoming parents made us stop in the way we used to do things financially. I mean, when you're by yourself and you don't have many responsibilities, it's so easy to do things because you, you're only responsible for yourself. And in, in my case, I was also responsible for my siblings. But when you get kids, all of a sudden you, your, your financial priorities change because I think one of the driving factors for us was ensuring we secured our kids financially should anything happen to, to either of us. Um, what if something happens to us as financial dependents, as kids that are financially dependent on us, what would happen to them? And it was that drive that made us make changes to our financial plan and say this big event has happened. We now have two kids that we're responsible for. How do we financially secure their future so that they don't have to make the mistakes or go through some of the financial challenges that we've gone through? How can we better prepare for their future financially? And, and so, uh, you know, uh, just thinking about the journey you've been on, as you say, on the, on the car side, it's a seven-year journey. Uh, w- w- when something like COVID happens, and it's a, a catastrophic event, both in South Africa and around the world, for, for a lot of people individually, you know, a, a financial crisis that they didn't cause, that, that just sort of landed in their laps. I know that the same didn't necessarily happen to you, but but when that sort of fear level starts to rise because of what's going on around you, uh, the, the journey you've, got, you've been on, how did that help you uh, kind of navigate COVID emotionally? I think knowing that financially we, we would be okay despite what was happening. So just having that peace of mind that, you know what, it wasn't, we were somewhat financially secure, not fully financially secure, but somewhat financially secure. And that gave me and our household a peace of mind to say we can navigate through this financially. I know there was a lot of loss for a lot of people in terms of jobs and and, um, loss of uh, reduction in salaries. We were fortunate in the sense that that didn't happen. But however, having a question during this time, you know, having an emergency fund to fall back on just gave us such peace of mind um, to navigate uh, the hard time of COVID. And I was really grateful for that. It's amazing how often uh, people who are prepared for disaster never experience the disaster. And those that aren't prepared for the disasters, they hit disaster after disaster after disaster. And, and I don't know what it is, you know, is it the universe talking to you, whatever the deal is, but but, but I think that, uh, you know, there's a really powerful lesson there as well. You know, so, so one is about t- turning sort of conventional wisdom on its head to just to stop stop doing what everyone else is doing and, and ask the right questions. But, but then secondly, being prepared for really bad times, uh, you know, often just, just by doing that, make sure that you never hit those, those sort of disaster scenarios. And I'm not saying 
that 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 people could have been prepared for for a job loss in COVID. I mean, that's you know that uh, that would be a ridiculous thing to say. But it's just interesting that that when we have conversations with people that that did have emergency funds that didn't have a lot of uh, you know short term debts, etc., they also just seem to be in careers where where they managed to sail through. Some of the bad, the, the bad sort of consequences of of lockdown, better, uh, you know, and, and it just seems to me, you know, that you get the self fulfilling prophecy of getting yourself out of really bad financial problems also has a huge impact on every other aspect of life. Mm. I think Warren, one thing I always say we underestimate um, is is this putting away small amounts, just getting into the habit of saving small amounts. It doesn't matter what amount, it can be 250, it can be 300, but just putting that something away. And it takes years. Um, I think people, we we in the state of instant gratification, but I mean, over seven years, we've been putting a small amount away. And that amount ultimately is able to question you. So I always encourage people to say, it doesn't matter what amount you're putting away in terms of your emergency fund, the small saving, but what matters is over the long term, over the years, you're moving away from being financially under pressure to being financially well. And that's a journey that you undertake over time. It doesn't happen overnight, but it takes a long period to get to that place. And if you're consistent and intentional about it, it really does happen despite the amount that you, you're able to, to, to put away. It just puts you in a better financial position over the years. You won't be in the same financial position you were last year. You won't be in the same financial position you will be in the next five years. So it just builds a question, financial question for you to better handle hardship, financial hardships that might come. And, and no doubt, uh, you know, the, the, those are going to knock on our door from time to time, the financial hardships. And, and as you say, when you've got the cushion, uh, it, it just helps you make much better, much more sensible decisions uh, in, in those moments of hardship. And, you know, sometimes they might arrive day after day for a period of time. So, so I think, you know, one of the comments we get a lot from, from our listeners is, you know, uh, yes, but, you know, I've got, uh, I hear what you're saying, but I've got this issue, or I've got this issue. Uh, and it's always interesting for me to ask, uh, you know, uh, ask our guests. I'm going to ask you, what about that? You know, yes, but that sort of mindset. What would you say to people that have got that kind of a mindset? You know, yes, but I've got to look after my siblings. Yes, I've got to look after my parents. Can't save. What would you say to them? It's never going to get easy. Hey, no one is coming to save you, and it's never going to get easy. What What matters is. Even if it's a 50 rand, Warren, start putting it away. Um, the thing is, it's never going to get easy and no one is going to come to save you. What you have to do is make a plan of where you are. Start with what you have and where you are. If you can only do five rand, 50 rand, that's fine. But start with what you have and start with where you are. And I think just going back to what we said, when we looked at our biggest expenses, um, we said, you know, we we're not going to get a salary increase in the short to medium term. So we had to start with, way, with what we had. And what we had was our expenses. And we had to look at our largest expenses and say, what can we cut? And unfortunately, it's having to sacrifice something for the greater good of your future. And you know, you've used the phrase a few times through this conversation about being intentional, and I think that's the point here. Is it's about taking control. You know, it's it's you can't always let let the world dictate where you go. You've got to take control over over yourself as well, and and move yourself forward in in a direction. Mm. 
So, so uh, one my favorite question to ask all of my my guests, uh, and I've asked you already, so I'm going to have to come up with a new one. Is is you know I would normally say to you at this point in the show, what's the one uh, what one lesson that you would love to teach your your 18 or 21 year old self? But uh, b- because I've asked you that before, I think uh, w- with the benefit of being in financial literacy for for quite a few years now and talking about it and 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 putting yourself out there. Uh, What's the kind of one lesson that you would love people to 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 take from 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 what you've learned and from the conversations you've had? Have a financial plan. Have a plan and stick to it. So life does get in the way, and we know life happens. No one could have predicted COVID. Adjust the plan. Rather adjust the plan. And once things are back to normal, get back onto the plan. But have a financial plan where you're working towards. It can be adjusted, but have a plan that you can follow. Because if you don't have a plan, you will not you will not get started, and it won't keep you honest when times are tough. What keeps you honest is having a plan and looking forward to something um, that you're implementing that you know you can measure over a few years and you can work towards. Uh, and I think that's a, a, a fabulous point. You know, I think th- th- this is honest money. So he- hearing you, hearing you talk about staying, uh, keeping yourself honest, and keeping yourself real and, and accountable to your own plans is important. Uh, and from my side, you know, I think the the key there is the financial plan. It doesn't need to be a sophisticated, uh, you know, multi-page thesis. You can you can literally write your plan on a page. Uh, but 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 I think your your point is so powerful. It has to be down. It has to be written down. It has to be set goals. Uh, you have to put it somewhere. You have to look back at it. You know, every every three months or, or so, just make sure that you're you're sticking to it. If you're not, uh, find a way to hold yourself accountable. Find find a way to to kind of keep yourself moving towards the goals that you've set. Uh, and I think that's the, the you know you said such a powerful thing. No one's going to come and save you. No, there, there isn't there isn't a miracle wedding around the corner that's going to that's going to make you the next Jeff Bezos. You've got to do that yourself. You've got to get yourself. You're not going to win the next lotto, hey? You're not going to no. win the next lotto winner. <laughs> no, no, no. And 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 if that's your strategy, unfortunately hope is a terrible investment strategy. So so you've got to make a plan. You've got to make it work. So th- thank you so much. You know, more than 100 episodes later, you 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 were there with us at the beginning. I'm so uh, grateful to you that you could uh, you could check in with us again and, and share your wisdom. Uh, I, I really appreciate you being on the show, uh, and and I hope to be to be chatting to you again at least in another hundred episodes. <laughs> thank you so much, Warren. And like I always say, this I can never thank you enough for the for the impact you've had on my own personal life. I always look back to July 2018 when I listened to that episode of you and Super Saver Julia on Bruce Whitfield's show where you were discussing her problem. Since that episode, I've been on this journey. And I think, you know, you're doing an amazing job getting financial literacy out there, sharing the knowledge. You will never know the impact you've had. You've definitely had an impact on my life and on my kids' life and the future generations' lives. So please keep doing the good work you're doing. Thank you so much for for that. That's really awesome. I I love to hear it, uh, Esther Makumbo, and I really appreciate you on the show, and we'll, we'll be in touch again. Thank you, Aaron. Keep well. Thank you for listening to Honest Money. If you have any questions, you're welcome to reach out to me on Twitter. My handle is at Warren Ingram. Don't forget to subscribe. We're on Spotify and Apple Podcast. Chat soon.